then the president asked me, are you gay? Which no one ever asked anybody that question unless you're about to get like your ass beat. And then I said, only when I'm having sex. Dickie, it's your mother. No, you never call me. I mean, I wonder, is your finger broken? Just don't tell my mother. It's your mother. 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 No, you never call me. Just don't tell my mother. Just don't, just don't. Don't tell, don't tell. Where the hell are you? You are never home. Hello, my family. Welcome back to Don't Tell My Mother, where your favorite humans from movies, TV, sports, and comedy tell a true story they'd never want their moms to know. And then they tell their mothers. We have a great big gay episode. My good friend, the amazing comic Daniel Rugg Webb is telling the story of coming out to President Barack Obama at a barbecue joint. Daniel is amazing. He did my Audible Pride special uh, in 2020 with Shangela and Alexandra Billings and amazing people. It's called Coming Out Party. Check it out on Audible. And Daniel just recorded his first one hour comedy special called Hose Parade live at the Rose Bowl. And he made history as the first queer person ever to perform stand-up at the Rose Bowl. Speaking of very gay, I want to let you guys know kind of what's going on with me. So I've hinted at it, but my wife and I are beginning the fertility journey. And for a lesbian, that is a thing. Let me tell you guys, six years ago, I froze embryos. Now, I was going to freeze eggs. I was in my mid-30s. I was single. Uh, I knew my eggs were dying because my doctor told me, and so did my mother. And so I said, okay, fine. I'll freeze eggs because I want to be a mom, and I'm not ready to be one yet. Well, it turned out that it was better better for me to freeze not eggs, but embryos. So for all of my folks here who cut bio in high school, let me break it down. An embryo is a fertilized egg. So you take the egg from a woman, me, and you take the sperm from, right, a cryobank. You put them together for some Netflix and chill and boom, embryo. So I found a sperm bank online and I picked the coolest donor. I mean, it's totally anonymous, but I absolutely fell in love with this guy on paper. He's a CPA, so he's smart. He once rescued baby sea turtles, so he's kind, and he's lactose intolerant. So although he's not Jewish, he's close enough. I absolutely loved him, and with his jizz, I was able to make seven embryos. They are in a freezer in Beverly Hills. You know, it's like, I can't afford a 90210 zip code, but my unborn children can. So, you know, I was grateful and I was so excited. And now it is time to pop these babies in the oven. My wife and I have just begun the process. It is tons of blood tests. I literally have like a, like a uh, band-aid on my arm right now from going this morning. It's going to entail tons of shots. And I just want to let you guys in on this journey because uh, if I'm crazy and my moods are bananas and if I'm depressed or jumping off the walls, I want you to know why. So that is the real, real over here, my friends. And if any of you are going through your own fertility journey, no matter what that looks like, I would love to hear from you. Slide into my DMs at Don't Tell My Mother on Instagram. I promise I will get back to you. I would just love to hear from you so we can support each other. That's what it's all about. Guys, this episode is so much fun. I recorded it a few months back. Here is me and the adorable Daniel Rugg Webb right after this. You should celebrate yourself every day, 
But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Daniel! Hi, Nikki. Hi! How are you? Good to see you. Oh my God, it's great to see you. Tell me where you are and um and what you're wearing. You look adorable. Oh, thanks. This is, I swear, the best like six dollars I ever spent. I get it's <laughs> a, it's a sweatshirt that just says Hollywood Crown Royal Hollywood, and there's a bunch yes. of cowboys. But I go to the bank, grocery store, or wherever the only essential places. Yes. And like the cashiers want to tell me how much they love this sweatshirt. Damn it. Um. But I'm in East Hollywood. I'm in my kitchen. Uh, yes, I'm in Blestry East Hollywood with all the old hookers uh, in front of... So you fit my, right in. Uh, that's why I'm still here. You and I go back because we did the Audible Pride special together in 2020. Yeah, it was you and me. Uh, Shangela hosted it, right? Angelica oh, Ross host, Jake Borelli. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you and I did that before the pandemic. Like right before the pandemic, we shot it. But truly one of the best shows like ever, ever. I had to leave that show early to go to another show, which was easily a banger also. It was a really fun one, but there was no competition. I was like, I showed up. I was like, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just high from the last show. And you filled in last minute because someone Mm -hmm. who was supposed to do the show got arrested the night before. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) So you're a gay man and a lot of your comedy is about being a gay man in Texas and you're single and you're gorgeous. Daniel has the most gorgeous hair. He's basically a gay Jesus. Jesus might have been gay. I I don't know Jesus, but like (laughs) maybe somebody else could tell me, but you basically like you are gay Jesus. That's I'll take it. Like. So I used to say on stage, I say, I know y'all think I look like Jesus. Y'all just didn't know the second coming was going to be this gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of coming, so how are you? And you could talk generally. I don't want to, I don't want to put you on the spot, but how are gay men handling sex right now? Because are they fucking in masks? Is it is it just like a lot of porn? I mean, what what is happening? Because grinder, like, what's going on? I didn't bang. I went on a drought. I hooked up a couple times. It wasn't worth it. Yeah. Uh, and then was a drought. And then uh, there were a couple guys that I that are like you know I don't know friends with benefits or whatever you call. Yes, them. I know. But I remember we, vaguely. We we went to the trouble of like quarantining and and you know I was being honest. I hadn't been with people in a, in a minute. So, but to I, in all of the care I'm doing with myself, like I'm not yeah. drinking, so that changes sex. Yes, yeah, big time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because I like to drink, I like to have sex, so those they're it, they're all fun. Um, no, I get so, it, and like, and I guess if you're not going to drink, then your inhibitions the, are going to be up, and you'll be you'll you'll know enough to be like, this is not a good idea. I can't I can't be like, wow, it's kind of a good idea now. It's like, no, yeah. it's just not a good idea. It's a little harder. Then you're just dating, right? So you grew up in rural Texas, yes? Uh, suburban Texas um, in the 80s and 90s, but kind of that suburban blur in between Dallas and Fort Worth that like patches of rural in between. Okay. What was it like growing up gay in in Texas? Um, like being a gay boy in the South? You definitely knew it was like wrong, girls kissing girls. You know, definitely they said that at 
some church services. Uh-huh. Um, but it was the more overt, like sissy. I was, I'm effeminate, right? And when yeah, I was you a are. kid, I when so. I was, I think so. But when I was a kid, I was like mega. Is your mom from the South? Is she from yes, Texas? Everybody's from Texas. I'm fifth generation. Everybody's from fifth Texas. Generation. What did, what did your mom, how did your mom react to having a kid who was effeminate? They were one of my favorite stories. Uh, they were very supportive. Like they've always let me and my sister just kind of be our, ourselves, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, they kind of had no choice. Um, you know, cause like I never wanted to play sports and things like that. I played baseball for a second. I, hilariously notoriously quit because the sun was in my eyes stop are you serious 100 percent. because they put me on shortstop or way in outfield right (laughs) because they you couldn't catch what do you do with a queer kid you send him out to die on shortstop right (laughs) so my mom loves this story actually of me just literally standing there with my mitt out like la 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 like just hanging out just cocked my hip out and the it was at the ymca so it was a co-ed team which i love so the girl at bat hits the ball and the ball, oh, like no. I'm just standing here with my hand flex and the ball just happens to land in my <laughs> mitt, right? Like I'm looking yeah. this way and yeah. the ball just clunk. And I look at the ball, right? Stop. And I like immediately look at my mom. I don't know. This has never happened before. So I don't know what to do. Uh, and my mom, I, she goes, throw it, you know? So I literally threw it back to the girl that, Hit the hit it to me because I don't know how baseball works. Wait a minute, you threw it back to home plate. Yes, and I'm guessing the bases were not loaded. No, but the other thing is okay. I had an aunt and uncle who gave us. They had two daughters, and so yeah. they were in dance. And so they, when they grew up, they gave us all of their old dance costumes. A trash can. I mean, a huge trash can of leotards, lacy tutus, like yeah. all kinds of skirts and ta- yeah. and all kinds of shit. All kinds of costumes. Queen of Hearts, Black Lacy, you know, you know, eat your heart out kind of stuff. And I wore every last garment, you know. As a, um, as a teenager? Or no, younger? this was as younger, as like, oh, I mean, forever. But they, they never were like, take that off. Really? I'm surprised they were so, I don't know, unfazed maybe. Again, though, I'm like from the 80s and 90s. So like, and I still don't like identifying necessarily as gay. Oh, listen, I'm, I'm beyond. Don't worry. I got a ring light turned all the way up, bitch. I'm me trying too. to, <laughs> I'm trying Love to this ring light. I know I was just fucking with it and turned it off during a zoom once. I was like, Oh, I look like the Blair Witch Project. Um, but, uh, yes, for true. I did. I don't like to identify as gay because I don't like to, I I don't necessarily believe I need to identify my sexuality, okay. but I, I come from the time where if you didn't, you were in the closet or if you Got didn't, it. you were lying to yourself. Got it. Or if you were attracted to women, like I was, you know, if you tried to fly the bisexual flag, you were still gay in the closet or, you know, especially as a man, particularly because n- no disrespect, but like if you're a chick on chick, that's hot in a patriarchal, yeah. Yeah. you know, straight dude world. Totally. Not that, not that lesbians have it easy. I'm not trying to say they get a pass. No, it's a, um, but it's a, it's a completely like different set of standards. Yeah. Now I lean absolutely to, towards the word queer. Oh, I like queer. I still say gay. Like at the Rose right. Bowl, I'm the first gay queer man to ever perform. Gay man or queer person is what I say. Hell yeah. Ever perform comedy at the Rose Bowl. Well, Daniel, this is a great segue i want you to tell us a story and then i'm so so excited because we get to meet your mother right my mom yes daniel tell me everything 
This is the story about the time I met President Barack Obama uh, slash sort of came out of the closet slash defended the rights of all queer people of America. We'll be back with Daniel right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. In Austin, Texas, I worked at a barbecue restaurant. And presidents come to Austin, Texas all the time. It's very kitschy, political thing to, you know, do like a, a public or whatever um photo op at a barbecue place like that is so old school. George W. did it. Everybody did it. But Austin's a small city. It's a very tiny little town. And um, it doesn't take much to fuck it up. And if you have, like, presidential motorcades coming through town, you're going to clog up the whole fucking city. So I worked at a barbecue restaurant and was just going to work like normal. I was rolling in 30 minutes late because that's how I do. Uh, I, like, I got on the highway, which I didn't even need to take in the first place because I lived, like three minutes away from work. I lived on 12th street and I worked on 11th street, right? Like it was a real normally like one Chibo Mato song, like maybe one Annie Lennox song kind of like on, on the way to work. Uh, but not that day. And so all of a sudden on the highway, everything ground to a halt and like, there's my exit. And I can see the restaurant that I am now 10 minutes late for 20 minutes late for traffic. Isn't moving. Mm. So I call my job. Like I could get out of my car and walk to the to work right but i'm on the highway so i call work i'm like hey sorry i'm just stuck and you know because now i have a hall pass right <laughs> and one of the few times i actually had weed in the car which never happened right so i was fine <laughs> so uh, i'm just having a root and tootin day and i find okay so finally traffic lets up and it's because i'm now two hours late to work that everybody else's role has been defined and, and chosen that i'm just left being the cashier girl that day right so cashier girl you just go like you know 20 pounds of meat that'll be like five ribs six uh, this, that'll be 20 50 like you just do that a hundred times a day kind of a fun job real sassy which i can nail and somewhere around one o'clock, I don't remember the timeline, but my phone kind of starts blowing up. Like people are just texting and because I'm an unprofessional cashier girl, I'm totally like on my phone. <laughs> and mainly it's my friend Maggie saying, tell Obama hi. Uh, because I think wherever he was, he said when he left that location, he's like, gonna go get some barbecue. So I think it was like seven Secret Service men, strapping, sexy men uh, in suits came in uh, just walked out into the restaurant and one lady with a clipboard and she walked right up to me, the bitchy cashier. Uh, and she goes, what did she say? I need to speak to whoever's in charge. There's like 300 people in line outside. Um, and so they just kind of make an announcement. Everybody stay in place. Uh, and then they start wanding everybody, right? They have like security wands and stuff. Like metal detectors? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, like, uh, so everybody gets manhandled, which was fun. Uh, <laughs> And then they kind of instruct us. They're like loudly. They're like, everybody stay in place. 
he it, don't go to him. He'll come to everybody. You know, he's going to come in here, walk through this door. He's going to come through the line. He's going to place an order, and then he's going to leave. But don't worry. He'll make sure to say hi to everybody. Wow. Don't approach him. Like, they go that far. Were you excited? Nervous? I was super excited because I knew that I was going to have... Like, no matter what, all these people were suddenly trying, you could see, position themselves. And I was like, I just have to sit here and smile. And that son of a bitch is going to come right to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I have, like, neither of us have a choice. The only gears that started working were, Mm -hmm. this requires so much context, but... uh, Give it. Yeah, these are the old days, because people, the gays need to know their history. Um, This was in 2014, before the Supreme Court had more or less legalized gay marriage, which is a more symbolic battle for overall equality and representation, Mm -hmm. even for those of us who don't necessarily need to be married in in a Christian way. Who Mm -hmm. cares? We demand equality. Right. Texas is a supremely bigoted state Mm -hmm. to this day and still absolutely is proudly represented by shitheads like Ted Cruz Mm -hmm. and John Cornyn and other straight sons of bitches Mm -hmm. who think that's the only way to heaven. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they absolutely have the the love and loyalty of the people of Texas. And the king of all the bigots, the king of dinglings, Rick Perry, who was governor for ever has these phenomenally funny gay rumors about him mm-hmm. in Texas. People took out full page ads uh, in newspapers that said, are you a concierge, a masseuse, a flight attendant? Oh, yes. And then in bold letters, have you had gay sex with Rick Perry? That's what gears were working in my head was when I was going to try to tell one of a million Rick Perry's gay jokes that I have, right? That's what you wanted to tell the president? A, a, Rick Perry gauge, a Rick Perry joke. Okay. So blah, blah, blah. I'm in the barbecue restaurant and they just tell us the president's coming. They wand us all. And then it's business as normal. We just have to kind of wait for the president. But we have a busy restaurant with people. So, you know, customers are coming through. They're ordering. But nobody wants to blow their chance to meet the president. Right. So now people are like, what do you want to eat? They'll be like, I'll have a... And then they turn and look at the door to see if he's here. Yeah, I'll take a... And people start stalling. <laughs> right. Right. right yeah. And then what they do is they finally purchase their food and they're done with me and they have their tray of food or they've made the purchase. Yeah. Then they just kind of stand there. I'm like, you have to go. <laughs> yeah. Because someone's not, right. So everybody's trying to volley and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then you just see this black SUV kind of come up close to the door. There's a big window outside, but there's people, right? Tons of people. And right when that happens, the restaurant goes silent. You see him kind of get out of the car. You kind of just see him over the crowd of people, right? Yeah, and people are waving and going, you know, and you can hear the crowd outside, which was kind of gushed everybody inside to be like, oh, this is it, right? He comes in and does get like a hero's kind of a, hey, like people. It's really funny how excited people are. Um, And of course, we all are too. So he comes in the door and like is kind of like very political, shaking hands, hi, 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 with everybody and then very showy, like there's three people working. There's the butcher guy, the cutter guy, the middle guy, and then there's me. <laughs> uh, and um, so they go through the visits. They do all the stuff. They order the food. He gets to me. What does he look like? Like, how does he look when he walks up to you? Okay, so he looks like like a famous people in general. It's so funny when you see, and I don't care if you like him or not, any famous people you see in person, you just adjust. You're like, huh? Because... Everyone looks different, three-dimensional. You're like, that's not what he looks like. But then you're like, that is what he looks like. So when he got to me, right, because I'm a tall person. I'm six fucking almost three. 
So he's taller than me, or seemingly so, which never happens. Wow. So I, I, to me, I'm like looking up at him, which immediately releases endorphins because I never get to look mm. up at any men that are rarely taller than me. You know, it's a, I feel small. Mm-hmm. Um, skin that just radiates, like the son of a bitch glows, right? Just, I mean, just fucking glow in the dark. He is gorgeous. And one of my favorite things on, I think it's, it's just, and this is, I don't know, very sexist and gendered and all kinds of stuff. But uh, when a man has his shirt tucked in, like a business shirt mm-hmm. tucked in and kind of stuff, and it's just a seamless, there's just like no line, you know, no belly, just no. And I don't give a shit. I have a guy, you know what I mean? But it's a, for some reason, they very trim, tucked oh, in yes. shirt line, yes. which that man, seamless. It was perfect. He's perfect. And that smile, he has such a uh, endearing, contagious uh, like smiley kind of energy. Yes, warm. He goes, hi, what's your name? And I go, I'm Daniel, what's your name? Uh, and then there's like mild laughter. And then he kind of like take, does a take and goes, I'm Barack. Yeah, he doesn't do a take like he has to hold in laughter. He has to do a take like, okay, I think I'm dealing with an asshole. My name's Barack. And then we just do the business, right? We do whatever he orders. And then like I have his um, credit card. There's a picture of me holding the president's credit card, which I love. Um, like, ah, like a fucking dumb hooker. It's as he's signing the receipt, right? He's looking down as he's signing the receipt on the counter. Uh, that, that's why I hit my hand on the counter to I guess, get his attention. And I go, equal rights for gay people. Wow. And so what I was thinking the next leap in the conversation would be for me would be, well, everybody knows Rick Perry was born with a uh, silver dick in his mouth, right? You thought you were going to say that? Yes. Wow. <laughs> or everybody knows Anita Perry wears the strap on in that family. Like go for the wife. The, that literally was where my brain was gonna was going. Yeah. But then the president asked me, he goes, are you gay? Are you kidding me? Which no one ever asked anybody that question. No. Unless you're about to get like your ass beat. <laughs> um, and then I said, only when I'm having sex. Oh, Daniel. The pictures of me after that are me with, like, looking agog. Like, I cannot believe I just said that to anybody out loud, let alone President of the United States. And him laughing his ass off. And then it's after he laughs that he puts his fist forward uh, and uh, we fist bump. Dude! And then someone took a picture of that um, and it was that moment, the 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 physical, the fist bump that someone put somewhere and then that went viral on the internet. So much so that, like, 30 minutes later, a customer in line showed me his phone and was like, you're all over the internet, dude. Uh, Cause it had already happened that fast. Meanwhile, I'm still at work being the cashier. And then 24 hours later, I was talking to the BBC, Wall Street Journal, Butt Magazine, and it was everywhere. I was getting letters from all over the world. Uh, not letters, but like emails. Um, the restaurant was getting hate mail. I still have some of the hate emails printed up there. What? What, what was the hate mail for? Us and our bigoted little shit town of Texas will never eat your barbecue until you fire Daniel Webb. Like, I should have never spoken my mind. I should have never made gauge. Oh, well, okay. I did go on MSNBC and flat out call Rick Perry an old queen. Oh and like, I forgot about that. I totally did. I love you. So this 15 second meet cute with the president of the United States sounds like it really changed you. It changed it for me for sure. Um, because... Just for that. It was like, I'm from the 90s where the only thing you had to identify with was like the weird gay uncle on Bewitched, uh-huh. uh, who's fun. I love Paul End. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, or like Fruma Sarah from Fiddler on the, the Roof. It was like either I wanted, she's the dead ghost. She's the butcher's dead wife. 
I wanted to be her or Paul, <laughs> you know, and then everybody only associates Will and Grace with being like the beacon of homosexuality, you like or positivity. And even that is a huge stereotype. And not that it, I don't like the show. I like the show, but you know what I mean? That was like the only representation we had through that was not through busting stereotypes. It was sort of reinforcing some of them. Well, it, it, it just feels to me like it almost like taught you that being out and being vocal it really helps people. I mean, I guess it, it angers a lot of people, but it also like, like if that's all that came out of it, that would be pretty cool. Absolutely. And it's so weird. Everybody's journey to that is interesting and what level they want to, you know, kind of be that. Some people are like, how does a married straight man with like three kids wake up one day and be like, oh my God, I'm gay. It's like, cause he didn't get to experience, right. walk through that and figure right. it out. So, you know, there's all kinds of levels to coming mm-hmm. out. And I think we're lucky to live in a time now, like a kid, I'm an old person, kids on TikTok, but they are just out. Yeah. And guess what? That's who's coming to school the next day is the very confident yeah. gay kid that is posting all that yeah. kind of like just themselves, that openness. Um, so we're there. And I think it's just going to get hopefully to the point where it's like, it just is. It just is. Well, I am so excited to meet your mom. And I, I really want to know what she thought of all of this. So. Can we call your mother? Yes, let's call my mom. Let's call your mother. Tony. Tony Sue. Yes, Tony Sue. All Texan. (laughs) Miss Tony Sue, where are you calling in from? From Dallas, Texas. So at home, just in the den. Daniel told a story that I, I know you know because it's about the time he met the president. Yes. Yes. What did you, where were you when you, where were you when you found out Daniel met the president of the United States? Well, I was at home and I actually got first a text message and he said, I just met the president. And and I wrote back and I said, no, you did not. What? <laughs> so, so then when he had a chance to call and we talked about it, just going over everything from the Secret Service and uh, all the excitement and people in line and uh, and how how nice President Obama was and uh, of course Daniel's conversation with Obama. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say uh, I got to I made the cover of the Austin American Statesman the newspaper the next day yes. right. And the caption, right? Front page of the wow. newspaper. Uh, they, my name is Daniel Webb, but they captioned me as Daniel Well, W-E-L-L. And mom, what did you do? <laughs> I don't remember. You wrote a letter to the editor to correct the name spelling. I'm a good proofreader. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask this because I, I don't know Texas very well. Did you grow up conservative? Like, did you grow up a Republican, I guess, is my question? Or did you grow up a Democrat? You know, I I really don't like to put a label on myself. Okay. because That's like your I, son. <laughs> that's what we were just talking about. <laughs> that's exactly what I just was talking about. I, I tend to vote both. No. Uh, not at the same time. But <laughs> it it really depends on the individual. And I've always said that um, I don't think that one person in leadership can do that much damage. I've since been proven wrong, but I would love to have met uh, President Obama. Well, 
she met Kennedy. Don't sell him wow. short. Wow. Yeah. And when did you meet him? On November 22nd, 1963, downtown oh. Fort Worth. Oh, my God. I didn't realize. So you met Kennedy the day Kennedy was shot in, De- in Texas. He spoke in uh, front of the hotel. Wow. And we were right behind the barriers yeah. where he spoke. And he came by shaking hands. And, you know, at one point I kind of dived in. I don't know whose hand I touched, but I'm in this book called Four Days. You can see me with my little black cat eyes and my flip, my really big hair with this flip. So you both have historic moments with presidents. Yes, we do. We do. With the cool president. With with super cool. Daniel, when did you come out to your mom? I think historically it was when I went across the street to Miss Alday's like ninth garage sale for the (laughs) year, which is illegal. Uh, and I bought a pair of high heels and wore them. And you were what, four or five years old? Uh-huh. uh-huh. And then I did I make it to the property line? Oh, yes, you came in the house. And you said what? I'm not looking at those. <laughs> I had to take them back. What? <laughs> what did you think when he came in with them or tried to? I honestly didn't think anything other than that's kind of silly and take those back. Yeah. You know, that was all. They fit like a glove. <laughs> fit like a glove. I still remember they that did. fit. That's like they were just But fine. I didn't connect that with being gay. It's just uh, he's always been performing, always been in costume. <laughs> I didn't really understand. I'm really slow. <laughs> <laughs> I would disagree with that. (laughs) When did it kind of click in that Daniel was queer or that he did also like men? Uh, Not until he actually told me. Hmm. And that was about 10 years ago. (laughs) Were we in Aunt Tommy's office or were we at Aunt Tommy's house? No, we were in the parking garage when Talon was in the hospital. Oh, yeah. Yes, I do remember. (laughs) And, uh... Talon, my nephew, was about 19 at the time, and Talon had asked me, do you think Daniel's gay? And Mm. I said, I really don't think about it. I I don't know. And he said, well, my friend Wes is trying to figure it out, but he can't figure it out. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So Daniel also came up to the hospital. He was walking me out to my car that night, and I told him that Wes was trying to figure it out. I don't remember that part. And Daniel said... um, well, mom, I have sex with men and women. And if I, if I could have thought quicker, I would have said, oh, you're not a virgin. <laughs> but I didn't think of that till like three days later. <laughs> but I really wish I'd thought of that then. Daniel, what is the best advice that mom's given you? Oh, how to steal a lady's purse. She taught me. <laughs> How to steal a handbag from a from an unsuspecting old woman. Uh, My sixth grade teacher taught did, all of us how to do that. But I think what she just answered honestly is is the answer to your question because I can count on my mom to like always be able to laugh at something not that we're just like a bunch of wisecracking people (laughs) but like you need to take things seriously but there is something very funny we've (laughs) lost a lot of people in the family we're real good at funerals like our family's got funerals down uh and in those weird spaces I can always like count on at least if maybe not my sister maybe not my dad (laughs) my mom is usually game for like 
Like, remember when we went to the Redwoods and dad was trying to show us the majesty of these old trees and my mom and I were the peanut gallery with those mean old men from the Muppets? Yes. Mom, uh, Tony Sue, Daniel, you guys are wonderful. Um, I end every show with asking you what you love most, Daniel, about your mom. Uh, I love my mom for always supporting me and always letting me be the kind of person I want to be and always wanting to play games. Yes. <laughs> mom, what do you love most about this one over here? There's just a long list of things, but, uh, <laughs> and I know it's a well-established fact that he and not my daughter will be the one to take care of me when I'm old. <laughs> you heard it here, Daniel. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Did you have fun? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Daniel said you were wonderful and he's right. You are. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm good with moms. I I love moms. That's why we do this. If it's not one thing, it's it's your mother. Thank you for listening, my friends. Do us a favor. Give us a rating and a review on iTunes if you like what you hear. And of course, tell us what you want. We want to cater to you. We want to bring you guests that you love. Follow us on Instagram at Don't Tell My Mother and at Nikki Levy. We love you. And you know, our mothers push our buttons because they're the ones who installed them. Don't Tell My Mother is created, hosted, and executive produced by Nikki Levy, my daughter. The show is executive produced by John Cryer. Oh my God, I love him. And Lisa Joyner and Jody Zuckerman Weiner at Discount Sushi. Our producer is Liza Glukoff. Co-producer, Andrew Condon. Mixed and edited by Donovan Bullen. Theme song by Donovan Bullen and Joe McKenzie. Distributed by Acast. Now go call your mothers. Just don't, just don't. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.